Welcome, my dear DI champions, to a new episode of the We Include podcast, where we bring you the latest in diversity and inclusion solutions in the market. I am your host, Juana Yordekescu, and I'm taking you to Northern Ireland. Today, we're in for an engaging conversation with Gemma Simpson, the founder of Diverse Talent AI. They've just secured the prestigious Innovative UK Inclusive Technology Grant, and their AI and diversity-driven platform is set to truly change the recruitment process. With features like removing personal details from CVs and providing tools for bias checks in job ads, Diverse Talent AI is empowering employers to showcase their organizational culture like never before. In this episode, we're diving into the intricacies of fairness in the workplace with a focus on the unique challenges in Northern Ireland. We're also exploring the hurdles and triumphs of entrepreneurship in this growing industry and discover Gemma's journey, a founder I admire and root for deeply. So stay tuned as we connect the dots between innovation and diversity, building a path towards inclusive work ecosystems. Let's get started. Gemma, hello. Good morning. Hi, are you? I'm very good, very good. I I want to ask about the weather in Dublin, but I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, you should be afraid. Um, we don't know what a summer is here. It's just been dreadful for the last two months, but <laughs> hoping for summer in September. How are you beyond the weather? Being a startup founder is an emotional roller coaster, of course, mm-hmm. especially in a tech for good business um, where we're trying to improve the world of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so apart from the weather, I would say that I'm a mix of emotions, happy, nervous, excited, all, all of the words um, in one bag. Jima, <laughs> <laughs> you launched Diverse Talent. With what purpose? What was kind of that driver, that first fire? Um, so I, the, the fire for diversity and inclusion has always been with me, especially in my teens. Um Although I didn't know it was diversity and, and inclusion, I just thought it was let's treat everybody as we should. And that, that really does come probably from um, going to an integrated secondary school, um, growing up in Northern Ireland. Um, you know, it's a it's a diverse culture that I that I grew up in, um, and the culture is always talked about um, every day. Um, but my the purpose for diverse talent really came from my experience um, being a, a recruitment consultant and working with organizations that were trying to attract diverse talent but weren't sure how to do it. Um, and they, they were struggling. Um, and, you know, as a recruitment consultant at the time, all I could do was advise on maybe charities or different procedures that they could implement. Um but then I find myself, obviously, with the pandemic, um, like uh, like hundreds of thousands of other people, um, uh, my job was made redundant. And um, so the first time ever, I was a job seeker. And I was like, okay, um, I'm very well equipped. I know all the companies. I know how to find a job because I've been doing it for 13 years. And then I realized, actually, I cannot easily identify organizations' diversity and inclusion commitments. Um, I was on job boards. I was on LinkedIn. And, 
you know, it was standard company name, company introduction that they've probably copied and pasted from somewhere. Um, loads of text on the job description. Um, and then at the very bottom, you might see an equality statement of something. And, and that was really it. Unless I was, um, you know, really investigating a company's career page, I might see something. Um, and then through more research, I realized that actually Ireland and the UK were lacking um, a diversity-driven jobs platform. Um, because I was actively looking for a job in a tech for good business. Um, I'm queer, I'm female. Um, so those were kind of my values. I wanted to ensure that I find an employer where I could be my authentic self. Um, and yeah, it was very difficult, especially when you're job searching in September, because that's that's no longer Pride Month. You know, companies aren't changing their their logos in in September. So um, so that's really where the, the drive for diverse talent came from. A little bit of my background um, growing up in this country um, and then my personal experience as well. I see. And, you know, when we started this podcast, we realized there are so many, um, uh, let's say, personal identities that we kind of all carry with us, but also a lot of national driven identities. Yeah. And even from the legislation, Ireland will define, let's say, minority communities differently than Germany, differently than Spain and so on. Um, may I, may we actually approach a little bit this, like when, when organizations in Northern Ireland are looking at diverse talent, and I'm doing the air quotes here, uh, what do they think of, what do they expect yeah, um, that's a really good question um, because we have a very unique um, ground in, in Northern Ireland and, and across the entire island. Um, legislation came out on the back of the Good Friday Agreement mm-hmm. um, and that was a monumental um, peace treaty, of course, um, but with that came in anti-discrimination laws um, and the main focus for diverse talent for the last 20, 30 years, um, was just making sure Protestants and Catholics mm-hmm. were in the organization, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the police service of Northern Ireland actually had positive discrimination in that they had to be 50-50, 50% Catholic, 50% Protestant. Um, and that was it. And we have the Equality Commission that um, monitors um, the diversity in organizations Um but they're only assessing on Protestant, Catholic, mm-hmm. and gender. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, now in 2023, we are a multicultural, yes. diverse country. And we've seen it from the, the latest census report to come out that actually the the traditional Protestantism and, and Catholic um re- religions are reducing and people are now mm-hmm. identifying as many different things mm-hmm. um so organizations are we're totally behind the rest of the world um in, in terms of uh pushing diversity and inclusion um at the forefront of our of our of our businesses um but we probably were one of the first countries in the world to actually have a monitor as well. So it's, so. 
yeah it's it's, it's quite it's quite interesting <laughs> um but now we we i think definitely from the technology industry's um input so another great thing that happened after the good friday agreement was the beginning of foreign direct investment mm-hmm. um and northern ireland became an investable um country um so american organizations um, started setting up their their operations here um, and uh, th- that that's kind of brought more of a modern way of working and um, a lot of things that the American corporations are doing for diversity and inclusion kind of filtered down um, into their uh, Northern Irish uh, uh, operations. All right so you are dealing with a very specific, let's say, so ecosystem when it comes to diversity. It reminds me, uh, I think it was my only and kind of revelatory experience. I was giving a talk in Lebanon and my talk was about women in technology and senior leadership. And um, somebody comes to me to give me some very candid feedback around like, hey, you know, like gender, yes, for sure. We still need to improve a lot of things there. But our country has like nine different religion and they are in the constitution around like how they should occupy positions and how to incorporate these communities and really be very specific. So I'm, uh, I think uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland in general, it's a very specific situation in the European space. And I'm happy that you're, you know, you're kind of diving and navigating all those, but also looking forward. What's next? What, what is happening beyond this? Uh, yes. Because uh, as you say, the mix is changing. Um, so you've decided to kind of make it very obvious for candidates, which companies are inclusive. You've decided to help companies define their commitment towards inclusivity and um, uh, verbalize or visualize that in a way that is appealing to certain talent communities, ultimately helping that conversation. How is that going so far? How do you see the reactions between these two parties or more parties? What's what's the effect? Yeah, so our, our journey started, actually, it's our, it's our birthday next month. And Yay! We three. Yeah, we're three years old. Um, and originally, we started as a recruitment agency. So um, the, the difference was we were auditing, to an extent, um, employers' DE&I uh, commitments. Um, and if they, they had strong commitments in place and they could prove that, then, of course, we would represent them to the talent market. And that's how we started understanding our users, um, our, our the job seekers, the employers. Um, it's how we then had the idea to actually completely transition from a service company into a technology company. Mm-hmm. And we were able to bring that data with ourselves. Um, and at the very beginning, there was some there, there was pushback from employers. Um, they were maybe a little bit nervous. They were like, "Oh, who's this? You know, recruiter poking around. Uh, we just want to go and hire software engineers. Uh, why do we need to tell you about our workplace culture? Um, you know, oh, don't 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 worry about that. Mm-hmm. The job seeker who who you send across will will tell them about our culture. You don't need to worry about that. Just go and find us the talent that we need." Um, and so that that was one branch. The, the second branch where organizations, Liberty IT, for example, um, that were like open door policy, no problem at all. What do you need to know? They got it completely. They, you know, they they invest significantly um, in their DEI initiatives. Um, 
and in, into their employ- employees. So they were so proud to, to showcase that to anybody that asks. Um, so now we're, we're kind of in the, the conversation stage of motivating employers to not be afraid um, you know, if if you you know if you know that um, diversity and inclusion can support your business and yeah. it's the right thing to do, then ask for help. If you're if you don't have anything in place, that's why we're building diverse talent. Mm-hmm. Um, we can support you in you know unbiased job descriptions. We can support you in blind hiring. And whilst that's not the solution to everything, it is quick fixes. And it's the kind of start starting point of um, diversifying your workforce and being more inclusive. We talk about wins. Um, the, some of the best uh, cases of wins for me um, has been our support to the transgender community. Mm-hmm. We are very vocal about our support for trans rights, and we're very vocal about um, our involvement with different LGBTQI charities such as Cara Friend. Um, and obviously, I'm queer, um, and well, fifty percent of diverse talent is uh, identifies as queer, um, and we're very vocal about that. And I think because we're visibly um, supporting um, our transgender um, family. Um, we get a lot more applicants coming through and are and are telling us this. Um, and the the best wins for me is having that conversation with them. Some that are very early on in their transition journey, mm-hmm. but they want to leave their employer because they've seen a toxic culture. Yeah. They don't feel comfortable in coming out as their as a real self. Um, and it's my job to go and assess. Okay, where will this individual be supported? Where will this person be embraced for for who they really are um, and feel safe and we've been able to do that um, and that's really coming from um, organizations that um, are keen to build a relationship with ourselves and they're being transparent about their workplace culture so that's a real kind of win for me when we can support those people. Uh, how do you figure out who is your ally in these organizations? How do you suss that out? It sounds brutal, but, <laughs> but we just ask. You know, we, yeah. we are just like um, on LinkedIn, through our social media, our name, Diverse Talent, everything that we do, we always emphasize our purpose yeah. and, our, and our business values. Um, and so when we are talking to internal recruiters, HR, CEOs, etc. We do ask them, what's your commitment to diversity mm-hmm. and inclusion? Um, because here are ours. Here is mm-hmm. our ethics and we want you to follow them. We'll know if they're an ally under five seconds because they, they will come back and say, yes, absolutely, we're doing this. Um, we're involved in that. Um, and if, they're, if they show no interest whatsoever, then they're not an ally. All right. So you have your allies, you have your kind of promise. Um, what do you see in the community? Is there any particular person, story, I don't know, event that you're like, I'm carrying this with me. This gives me energy. This gives the team energy. Yeah. Um, so obviously, as I said, 50% of the organization identify as queer. So that is a really strong community for us. Um, we actively take part in multiple um, initiatives to support this mm-hmm. community. So we are a, a partner with Cara Friend. You're one of Northern Ireland's 
oldest and leading um, queer charities. They support young people and they support everybody. Um, and we've actually implemented a business charter with them, um, which is a really good structure for organisations to follow um, to be more of an inclusive workplace to the queer community. And we promote this um, ac- across to all of our um, employers and partners to follow that. The second one is we sponsor a, a football team called Belfast Blaze. They are Northern Ireland's only um, queer football team um, and they play a lot of games and against um, different other league teams. Um, and we've had tremendous support from the IFA, the Irish Football Association, in supporting this. Um, so we were really, really passionate about bringing more inclusivity, not just in the workplace, but also into other demographics too. Um, and then additionally f- for that is we talk about um, technology a lot because uh, we're passionate about uh, women in STEM um, and that kind of gender balance. So we signed um, as signatories of the Tech Talent Charter. And that's our pledge that as we continue to scale and grow, that a minimum 35% of our workforce in tech will will be female. Um, we obviously hope that it will be more than that, of course. Um, right now it's 50% female. Um, but that, that is our declaration. We will always try to, to ensure that we have inclusivity in our own workplace um, as well as obviously supporting other organisations. Um, and how we do that is by kind of building our workplace culture with all of our employees at the core. Um, so we, we would assess um, how everybody's mental wellness is every month um, to ensure that they're not burning out, um, to ensure that they're, they're happy in the projects that they're working on. Um, we offer complete flexibility towards work. So uh, we have our core hours. You work around those, whatever best sits for yourself. We offer remote and hybrid working um, uh, as well as a whole range of benefits. And if I was to go into into that, we'll be here all day. <laughs> we'll do a separate episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a completely separate episode. Um, but yeah, because we're, we're, we're really trying to, to build the blueprint yeah. for what a really good workplace looks like. And uh, and uh, experiment with that, I guess, with your partners and with your clients and, and kind of build it together, right? Because I guess, as you were saying, there is a lot of potential feedback loops, whether it's the charity you're working with, whether it's the businesses you're working with, everybody learns from everybody. And that's kind of the magic of cross-collaboration. Yeah. Um, and But in the same time, there are, how could I say, points of points of break um there are things that also stop you in your, your tracks um everything is that smooth as far as i understand from doing these interviews i'm very mm-hmm. curious on your side what is actually harder than you thought uh, i i do this a lot of times i start something and i'm like yeah i got this no problem and then i'm like oh i didn't see that one coming <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's Gemma's uh, <laughs> kryptonite so far? I mean, there's an entire list of, of things, Joanna. <laughs> um, so, first of all, the, the biggest the biggest pain point for me is getting the, the employers on board, right? Um, so, uh, and especially the ones outside of technology. And that, that's because 
we are so vocal um, about our ethics and about our values um, that, yeah, they're, they're going to rub some people up the wrong way. Um, you know, this, this country that I live in is so divisive when it comes to queer rights. Um, Northern Ireland only just got, in the last two, three years, um, equal marriage. And mm-hmm. that wasn't through our own government. That was dictated to us through Westminster um, because we didn't have a government. Um, but there's still many protests standing outside City Hall um, against that. So we have to bear in mind that um, some decision makers in organisations just will not want to work with us. Yeah. And that, and we have to make peace, peace with that. That's fine. Um, but the, the, the other barrier for me then is we have transitioned from that service-based company to a technology company. I'm not a software engineer. Um, that is my kryptonite. So when I am trying to build um, tech, I'm having to rely on the skills of other people. Yeah. Um, now we are we have a fantastic um tech team. We have a CTO Connor and our front end engineer Katie, which is they're they're brilliant together. But it took me a long time to find the right people because it's ethics and code, it's understanding our users, it's understanding our brand, our tone of voice. Yeah, you know, it's having to make those right connections for our business. Um, so that's a real kryptonite for me. And then the, the third one, and I know you speak to a lot of founders who will feel my pain um, and it's raising investment. Yes. So we, we've been fully bootstrapped um, until uh, January this year. Um, and that was the, the, in January, I made the decision that we were going technology. We're, we're a SaaS company now. We're mm-hmm. not a recruitment agency. Um, and we were only able to do that because we have revenue from the service side. Mm-hmm. And also we obtained um, Innovate UK grant funding as Amazing. well as, yeah, just a, just a little accolade <laughs> there, Anna. Um, we are the only company in Northern Ireland to have the Inclusive Technology Award. Um, and so we got that um, and then we got uh, uh, several other grants in as well so we've been able to essentially build diverse talent yeah. 2.0 um uh quicker than, than what i um i had anticipated which is fantastic but now we're, we're trying to raise investment mm-hmm. um because we we believe that our platform should be accessible to absolutely everyone it's not just the uk and irish market it needs to get into europe um, over 30% of our traffic is actually coming from the United States. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's really interesting. So anytime we see somebody from the United States come on the platform, I'm like, book a call. Yes. How, did you, how did you find us? <laughs> what, are you, what are you searching in Google to, to, to find ourselves? And that's the beauty about building in public, I think, yeah. um, because, we, we, because we are a small team. We really have to rely on uh, individuals that come to us and say, this isn't working. I'm trying to get to the next mm-hmm. page. I wife mm-hmm. find a bug. Um, and we had an amazing um, person, Jenna, um, out, in, out in the States that found our site. Um, and she, coincidentally, she is a software tester. And she, came, she just sent us an email, said, you've got a bug here. You have a bug here. 
<laughs> are you got a job. <laughs> are you for a call? I need to speak yeah. to you. Um, and yeah, yeah. So, you know, in terms of barriers, um, just to summarize that, Awana, it's getting employers on board with us, but also accepting some people just aren't going to be interested. And um, that's totally fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. <laughs> they will come way. around. They will come yeah. around. It's 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 the bandwagon, right? That needs to go. Um, fascinating, and I'm very very happy to hear. I didn't know all this good news, so kudos to you and the team. Uh, there's definitely proof of concept. There's definitely proof of uh, scalability, and um, we want to see that more and more. There are a couple of maybe similar um, offerings out there. Um, yeah. Is there any? differentiator that you think you'll bring i'm, I'm opening a can of worms because I, I i mean i think a little competition is good but we are talking about an inclusive space so that's, I re- right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right um i mean for for me I, the reason why diverse talent is established is because i couldn't access i could not easily find mm-hmm. any job boards that that i needed you know i was yeah. always looking at in, indeed or linkedin or whatever um, and so the more hire, more inclusive hiring platforms that there are, the better, uh, yeah. because they will have much wider reach. Um, in mainland Europe, you know, if there was a diversity hiring platform just in Germany, well, then that's fantastic because that's the German market becoming more inclusive and then supporting, um, supporting a diverse talent workforces. In terms of what we're doing differently, I think it really comes from our origin story. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the players that I have seen in the market, maybe they don't have founders that came from recruitment or they don't have founders from different demographics and backgrounds. And uh, the, the big one for us is accessibility as well. So yeah. we're... We build in public, but we're driven by community. Um, and that's the real difference from ourselves is we're aligning with different charities, digital experts on accessibility to ensure mm-hmm. that diverse mm-hmm. talent caters for everyone. Now, we definitely have a lot of features coming, Awana, that <laughs> nobody else has. And that was only made possible because we spent the first two years collating data. And in the world that we're all talking about AI, um, we have been able to develop an AI feature that isn't on any other hiring platform in the world. And it will um, massively support employers to eliminate bias in under five seconds. So that stay tuned for whenever we, whenever we release that. Um, but yeah, that's going to be our real kind of USP there. Amazing, Gemma. I I'm now gonna you know refresh your page uh, daily. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I I hope you will come to me and let me know when things are done so I can definitely promote them extra. Um, yeah. I think uh, we need this for sure. And uh, it's, it's not, while, as you say, organizations will benefit from this because they will have the tools and the expertise to do this faster and better, right? Like I, I think, as you say, a lot of them have the intentions, have the commitment. They just didn't have the tools available to them. And sure. um, you are bringing that. Um, but in the same time, I'm always thinking there is a first level of impact, right? That part of, let's say, we can we can do the right things with reasonable cost and no friction. That's level one. Level two for me is always like, the people have equal access to opportunity. We need to emphasize 
access, right? Like there is a lot of like, oh, you go to school, you do this, you will, you will be able to get whatever job you want. That's not true, right? Like we know very well <laughs> that is yeah. not true. Um, so equalizing that playing field is super important. But for me, there is a very tangible impact on the community. People happy in their jobs, they're happier at home. People uh, that get fairly paid, they understand how to promote that for their peers or their families or their communities. When they see unfairness, it's easier to kind of point it out like, hey, this is not how it should be. My employer is doing this. You know, when you talk to your friends and you hear somebody's getting, I don't know, <laughs> some weird behavior or see some toxic uh, environment, yeah. By by educate by being an organization that is educating you about what fairness is and how it looks and feels like, you can educate in your turn. So is this very very wonderful side effect somehow to working in inclusive workplaces? It's not just about that. It's not just about that employer brand and that experience of one time. We all change jobs, right? We change employers, so yeah. we kind of need to repeat that experience everywhere you go. So I'm very very happy that you are at the helm of this. You you sound extremely passionate, but also also deep, in, deeply embedded in what the empirical experience is for the multiple types of communities in their interse intersectionality. We are not just queer, we're not just women, we're not just you know people of color. We are all of that at the same time for ourselves, but also for the people around us. So there's a lot to do there. I'm just trying to kind of go to the place where all this res responsibility can take a toll. <laughs> um, is there anything that you practice, Gemma, to keep you balanced, to keep you uh, sane, if I may say, um, and to keep you moving forward? Well, that's something I'm still trying to learn, <laughs> to be honest. Um, there's definitely practices that I have put into place. So big one for me is having a strict work time so unless something is going to break the business I will stop at uh, five o'clock five o'clock six o'clock that's me finished yeah then the other thing I, I definitely practice is I, I limit my alcohol intake mm -hmm. um I don't partake in you know after work drinks I don't really socialize in alcohol driven environments mm -hmm. um that much I would say maybe three or four times a year, I might have something to drink. Um, and I think that's because uh, I've seen so many careers destroyed um, by people um, drinking alcohol excessively. Mm -hmm. And I and I need to be on top of my game 24-7. And then third is just understanding what's important to me. So um, my family, my partner, my dog, mm -hmm. it's, it's, that, it's ensuring that I have the time with them Saturdays and Sundays, that is family time. But, you know, I'm, I'm not a cold water swimmer. I don't, <laughs> um, I don't uh, have any different kinds of hobbies in, yeah. in an arts and creative way. Um, but I think for me, it's just to have a good regimented structure. I try to ask everybody this because I, I want to look towards the future. I want to understand what we as an ecosystem can do better. And I'm just counting on your wisdom. Um, if you have an ask from those in this field, whether they are talent leaders or DI experts, most those who are actually, you know, here to bring this to the next level, to bring some maturity to the domain, um, to incorporate new methods and technologies. What is your ask to this DI community? Yeah, I have so many. Um, my immediate ask is quite selfish. 
and it's to get in contact with me and test out my <laughs> but my ask for our entire community is to always have an open heart and an open mind like I've mentioned we we know that not everybody is going to be on board right yeah um there will always be discrimination there will always be racism homophobia etc and all levels of of business and the, and and in life um and my ask to the community is just to keep on pushing mm-hmm. um and to to kind of change hearts and minds through education mm-hmm. um through initiatives and through visibility so if you are in a in an organization that only talks about um lgbtq rights once a year change it okay and <laughs> um, if you if you're looking around your office um and your leadership is all white male change it you know keep on pushing keep on driving initiatives through education thank you so much and i also want to thank you for your honesty and authenticity i think you shared a couple of things with us that are not easy to share both the ecosystem that you are in and the industry and how that uh, impacts somehow the communities that you see on a daily basis but also for yourself and I think this is beautiful first of all and I, I want to thank you for that and then very inspiring for anybody else listening. Well thank you so much for having me and I absolutely love what you're doing with We Include Iwana. it's a brilliant initiative and I'm looking forward to seeing it grow as well. Thank you so much for staying with us for the entire episode. You are the best. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to the We Include podcast on Spotify or the podcast provider of your choice. And don't forget to share in your networks. It's highly appreciated. You can find me on LinkedIn for suggestions of initiatives and topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. They are coming out weekly. Till next time, take care.